What is up, fans? Welcome in. This is the Combo Gaze Podcast live recording of episode 105. Thank you so much. We are live on YouTube and Twitch. Come on in and join us. This week in sports, March Madness is madness right now. We are going to give you up-to-date action on all the games so far and a preview of the Sweet 16. NASCAR, for the first time in decades, we are on the dirt in Bristol, Tennessee. The NFL has a new TV schedule, and we have an update on the EPL. And over on the comic book side, today is New Comic Book Day and the best Wednesday of the month, Previews Day. So we have previews and a bunch of books to preview and review from last week and a bunch of news for you, including... The Snyder Cut Review, Falcon Winter Soldier, Episode 1 Review, tons of movies being made, animes, people being recast on our CW shows, all that and more on a brand spanking new episode of the Comic Bookies Podcast, Episode 105. Come and join us. Let's go. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with the Comic Bookies Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, subscribing, following, listening, all that stuff. Thank you so much. We are brought to you, like every week, by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Today, new comic book day. Go and see Alex. He'll get you your pull list like every single week. He's got what you need. Fellas, what's going down? Sean, uh, it was Mickey Mouse in your place last week because we had breaking news of Disneyland opening up on, in, in April. So I kind of put, you know, like on our live feed, a picture of Mickey Mouse welcoming everyone back to the castle. But you are now back. Uh, missed you in, in uh, the two-year ep- anniversary episode, but glad you're back, bro. What's happening, Sean, and what's happening, Mark? Obviously, a happy two-year anniversary to the comic bookies. Obviously, the fans as well because you guys are a part of the journey just as much as we are. And if there's anyone that can replace me, it is Mickey, especially with the current yeah. conditions. We are very excited for Disneyland to be opening up soon. But no, everything is good, man. Like I said earlier, a great Wednesday. Work's actually going pretty smooth this week. Family's good. You know, things are slowly opening up. All these tears are starting to brighten up in color. So I think it's getting better overall. You know what? It's good vibes, good energy, man. Mark, yeah. Mike, how you guys doing? Good to have you back, brother. Welcome, fans. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Irmao and Brasi. If you guys don't know, that's a brother in uh, Polish, I believe, in Portuguese. Uh, but no, nah, I want to, Mike, you already asked for the 10 seconds of silence earlier, but I'd like to give a little couple of seconds of silence here on this podcast for some of the horrific stuff that uh, has happened um, with Colorado, Atlanta, we mentioned. But if you will... Uh, couple seconds thank you guys but nonetheless you know i thought it was pretty crazy we'll get to the we'll get to the tournament later but i think that colorado when they took that beating to florida right florida state i could have sworn that if i'm not mistaken i can look it up it isn't uh colorado isn't it based out of boulder the college mm-hmm. and yeah, that's where like the shooting was so they had the game i think a couple hours after and i was like oh de- colorado's definitely gonna win this game now right do it for boulder or whatnot but nonetheless yeah. they did they did get uh kind of their butts handed to them but we'll get into college basketball and all that later nonetheless guys i had a Wonderful weekend. Uh, I looked on the forecast ahead for the Bay Area in oh. California. The Looking Bay, gorgeous. Baby. It's going to be hot, hot, hot. 70 and nice. Spring 70. weather is. A- I got 82 in, uh, on Sunday. Uh, I'll take 82, though. I you like know, that, it. That Traeger is going to oh. be fired up for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I already have the pork butt uh, thawing out. 
I got that the pork Traeger, shoulder, I got some pulled pork Traeger sandwiches. That Traeger ain't going to be 82, we'll tell you that much. <laughs> no. Mark, you come over and uh, get some pulled pork sandwiches and maybe some chicken tendies, you know? Wow. Some, some tendies. Yeah, why not? <laughs> no, I, I, I hope that if I'm going over all the way to Tracy from uh, some food off the Traeger, I hope it's a little bit uh, more high quality than some chicken tendies, oh, if you know okay. what I mean. Oh, yeah, no. If, I'm not making chicken tendies. I just wanted to make the tendies reference, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I, I got you on that one, but we're going to save the chicken tendies at the... At the smoke out for the kids you know what i mean yeah hell not yeah. that type of smoke out either comic bookie fans not what you're thinking about we're talking about uh the damn traeger here all right we know what you're talking about mark <laughs> but uh dude it was pretty crazy um like i mentioned like i was texting you guys a little bit last saturday and then i and then if everyone saw the youtube video the newest one that we put up back cave minute 16 um me and my wife we celebrated our five-year wedding anniversary but we went like out to San Jose, to Santana Row. We went to that outdoor place. Sean, me and you have been there, the tequila bar, little El bistro, Hardin. El Hardin, to have a nice lunch. And it was just amazing. It was like, it was crazy. Like I was like, whoa, I was, I was taken aback at one point, but then I was happy the next to see so many people out walking around, sitting down. There were only about three empty tables at El Hardin. Like there was no social distancing at all. But then at the same time, you know, like everyone had their mask on until the the food or drink, you know, came to your table or whatever. So there was never a moment where I didn't feel safe or whatever. I was just so happy that I was, that people were out there, especially in California, when we've had such strict restrictions for over a year now so it was really nice to get out and it was a beautiful day to have a few drinks have a few appetizers and stuff yeah i had a great time in well i think we've all kind of experienced one of those situations where it's like damn this is like a sense of normalcy and something that we kind of took for granted before this covid thing now it's like you know you and danielle sitting there and you're probably like oh shit like i remember this but it's like it just feels a little different because you know you haven't had it in so long but you know mm -hmm. like we've all said man i mean in the past episodes until now we're just happy things are getting better between the vaccine people kind of just using some common sense and just a promoting of good practices you know we'll definitely get to a good spot where we can be about as normal as we can be have some comic cons for us some sporting events so we're excited man good vibes right now for sure yeah hell yeah hell yeah i mean there's like, you know that it's getting better when things like Disneyland's opening up, when there's reports of, like, yeah. thousands of fans being allowed at the baseball stadium. So I think sometime this summer, I think baseball we're going to see is probably the sport where we're going to get maybe full capacity some places. I mean, we've already heard that Texas, they want to, like, opening day, boom, 100%. But I think it's going to feel a little bit normal maybe, like, around the All-Star break because the All-Star uh, game is in uh, Atlanta, in Georgia. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was, like, one of the – first couple days where we get like a huge crowd for a huge event like that is the all-star game you know well, one thing i did actually see the other day is canelo he actually has a fight coming up i forgot who it's with and it's in texas i don't know if it's in july time frame but they've already gotten the go that they're expecting at least sixty thousand. like they want to wow. let's let's pop the cherry and let's do a full event and see how this goes so yeah I think UFC is doing one soon too. I think Dana White uh, announced one of the upcoming UFC events is going to be held. And I'm sorry, I don't know the venue. It's I don't have it on me, but like also like that's going to be uh, full capacity. He expects every at, you know an ass in every seat. So I mean, more power to people. Hopefully, we don't have any cases coming out of that. We've we've had plenty of events to where they've had uh, th tens of thousands of fans and nothing has happened. So hopefully, that continues to you know people just like you said you know. Be safe. Don't be dumb. 
and then you know we'll definitely get past it. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's let's. I mean, we're already on this kind of the sports uh, road. Let's keep trucking, fellas. So March Madness, uh, shoot, Friday, a couple playing games, you know, including a, a Pac-12 team beating a Big Ten team. That is a huge theme so far in the first two rounds of this tournament. So um, very, very exciting. I was I was off on Friday, so I actually got to watch a little bit of the games on Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So we don't have games, I believe, until Saturday, the Sweet 16. Yeah. But, fellas, uh, how did you enjoy the first two rounds, uh, sitting on your ass and just watching some games? You know, like uh, fans, let us know how, you know, is your bracket busted? I'm sure all of our brackets are busted <laughs> unless we have Gonzaga or Michigan winning at all or whatever. But uh, what say you, fellas, man? I think some brackets might be busted, but I can tell you that every perfect bracket was done with like two or three games left in the first round. So I think that kind of says how fun this tournament actually is. You know, we don't really have many fans, if any fans. So it makes it a real level playing field and it gives it even more of a desire for these, you know, underdogs to go out and ball out. I mean, you've seen all these teams that how the hell do they win? And we talked about earlier the Abilene Christian that freaking Mark's dreading right now. Illinois losing in the second round to Loyola Chicago. So just a couple examples of these teams that, you know, they're kind of not supposed to be there, but those Cinderella stories, man, they're here and the term is fun, bro. Exciting. And that's exactly it, Sean. I mean, dude, I, I've been texting back and forth with our buddy Johnny, you know, and our my big uh my big NCAA tournament aficionado. Shout out Johnny for the hitters and uh the good info that he's been providing me. But nonetheless, man, the good info I've been providing him is bro, these damn seeds in this tournament, especially this year, because obviously we missed last year. I'm I, I, dude, I mean, how many times have we seen obviously not ones to seem to go down this fast? But we did see it with Virginia a couple years ago, right? With 2018, then they come back the next year and win it, which I thought that was pretty cool. But the seeding in this damn tournament doesn't really mean anything. We got, you know, Syracuse right now at an 11, always killing it with that 2-3 zone. You know, I like them kind of, plus the points going up against Houston. So TCB fans jot that one down. A uh, little underdog action for you early here. But yeah, man, if I mean, these games, uh, you saw Illinois, which I mean, I was kind of suspect on them in the beginning. Number one, you want to talk about brackets being busted. I mean, they were never even in it against um, Sister Jean, right? Um, I just think that Illinois, they were suspect losing to Ohio State in the damn Big Ten championship game. And you saw how weak uh, Ohio State was, right? Losing to um, who they lose to, guys. Uh, Ohio State. They lost versus. I have it right here. Pull it up. See. Pull it up. Pull it up. Now nah, I got it they too. Pull, but they lose like they didn't lose to Oral Roberts, did they? They did. It was, it was Oral, Roberts, Oral Roberts. Yes. Oral Roberts yeah. is playing. Yeah. They, they, Oral Roberts also beat Florida. So I mean, a number that, fifteen seed. God. And that's the second time that a fifteen seed has actually made the Crazy. Sweet Sixteen. Sec the other time was Florida Gulf Coast in two thousand thirteen. Mm -hmm. Little tidbit mm -hmm. that's been floating around in the gambling and sports world lately. But I don't know, man. I think Oral Roberts don't see them going much farther. Um, although they do got some shooters on that team, I think that with Michigan getting a little scare from LSU, but eventually pulling off that win and getting the getting the um, cover as well. I think that we're kind of going to see the cream rise to the crop in these latter rounds. But a team that I do kind of like, you know, other than or in the orange that I mentioned, but I do kind of like 
the goal of Chicago, man. They got, you know, that, that gene. I don't know it's what it shame, is. Bro. Don't mess with Jesus. I mean, and I think that that damn coach Porter Moser, I mean, that guy, he's kind of knows what he's doing. They kind of remind me of they can be a damn, uh, like a like a Gonzaga of the East or something. He's like a right? Brad Stevens 2.0 man. He takes these small schools I and mean, who's Brad Stevens with? Wichita, I want to say, or no, he was with um, yeah, no, he was with uh, when they played Duke when they went back to back. B, it starts with the B. Damn it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna get back to that. It's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, but they lost. <laughs> remember, they lost. They lost. I think to Kemba Walker, UConn Butler. They lost to Kemba. Butler, there it is. Yep. He played for. He coached Butler. That's why um, Gordon Hayward was on those teams. He obviously, played for him in Boston. But they're uh, play- anyway, they're actually playing some games at Butler. <clears throat> Butler's in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're playing at Butler. They're playing where the Pacers play. They're playing where the Hoosiers play. Yeah, they're playing in a bunch of places. Enough of the damn games that already happened. Let's talk yeah. about the games that are going to happen, that fans are going to be listening to. Your guys' thoughts on some of these games coming up here? What do you guys I mean, think, man? I mean, we're we got Pac-12. A... This is Pac-12 country, baby. Say it, like, baby. When you say have, it. Like, when you have only one team lose you know, in the Pac-12, there's four teams. At 25% of the teams left are in the Pac-12. Like, the hell like the, the last time 10. that happened, you know? Like, in, I love like, it. Like until what Arizona, like over the last like 50 years, we've only had two Pac-12 championships. And I think both years were Arizona. And I think since like the mid 70s, when UCLA went on that huge run where they won like 10 or 11 straight or whatever. Um, But yeah, but to have nine Big Ten teams lose that like, like which one's crazier? Nine out of 10 Big Ten teams lose in the first two rounds or, you know, the Four out of five Pac-12 teams are now in the Sweet 16. It's crazy. It is crazy, bro. And I think, uh, alluding to what Mark said, I think we're at the point where there are going to be those select teams where the cream does, you know, rise to the top. But I'll tell you, bro, those Trojans from USC and those Mobley brothers, man, those guys can play. You got one, you know, underneath, just it's the block party every time he plays and his brothers just jacking up threes. I see them blowing by Oregon, you know. They're going to probably play, obviously, Iowa, well, no, actually, no, God, they're going to play the winner of Gonzaga. And, so they'll play Gonzaga. <laughs> Let's be honest <laughs> about that. And that's where, you know, I think the matchup comes in because Gonzaga, I mean, they're such a damn good team. But I don't know, man. I love that West right now because USC is actually showing like they're a little bit more than just, oh, it's just surprised Kansas. They dominated Kansas. Kansas, they didn't have a chance that game. So that might be my little sleeper right there, USC guys. Uh, I definitely like USC as well. Let's run through all these games, though. On Saturday, you got Oregon State, Loyola starting off first. Nova, Baylor. Nova is like a six-and-a-half-point dog against Baylor. My, your brother's team, Mike. Oral Roberts, the 15th seed going up against uh, uh, Musselman's-led uh, Arkansas State or Arkansas Razorbacks. Man, Eric Musselman, man. Let's not forget what he did Musselman. in the Mountain. Let's not forget what he did in the Mountain West with those two twins. And uh, talk about the Mosley twins. I remember with in, with Nevada, the Wolfpack, when he uh, coached those teams. Didn't they go to an Elite Eight? I believe they made an Elite Eight with those twins. Or uh, at least a That was a couple years ago. I remember that. was that. a couple years ago. So Musselman, man, he's a good coach. 
And I think that this might be where Oral Roberts' uh, kind of little vic- uh, little parade ends. Syracuse, that's my favorite game to take that day, the last game of the day. Uh, and Syracuse, like I said, six-point favorites. You guys have any thoughts on those games? Or you guys like the Sunday games more? Creighton at Gonzaga. Creighton been stumbling a little bit. Kind of c- came back to life. Uh, we saw how close they played Santa Barbara. I really liked the Gauchos. Took them. In that game, and uh, that was an easy winner. The Gauchos played tough. You know, Creighton's been kind of mediocre, and then what do they do? They come and they pound uh, who they play, Ohio, I believe. Was it Ohio? Or am I, a lot of people were on Ohio. I think Creighton pounded them. Sorry, so many damn games. If I don't have them in front of me right now, sometimes I forget who plays who. But I know exactly that Florida State beat that Colorado team that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. They play Michigan. Don't sleep on the pastor and Florida State's defense, though, man. They, I like Florida State, Mark. Good call. And another another Johnny tidbit. Um, he told me that I think Florida State is the longest team in D1 basketball. So they D up on you. They got those long arms, uh, wing spread and whatnot. Wingspan, sorry. And, man, I, uh, it's going to be tough for Michigan if they play like they did against LSU. But I think LSU is better than Florida State, if you will. So I can see Michigan advancing as well. Your guys' game, UCLA, another 11 seed here against two Alabama. Alabama is pretty damn good. Have you guys watched them play? Mm-hmm. I, I really like their. I really like them. Um, I think the the two SEC teams, Arkansas, Alabama, are going to advance. I think Oral Roberts's magic is done. Unfortunately for the Pac-12, I think three out of four teams are going to lose this weekend. Loyola, Chicago will beat Oregon State. Obviously, one of Oregon or USC is going to lose, and then UCLA will get pounded by Alabama. Uh, one of my favorite matchups, though, again, like you mentioned, my brother's team, like he likes to go all the way. I love the Villanova Baylor matchup. Um, but yeah, I. It's not going to be a good weekend for the Pac-12, and I'm loving this uh, Baylor-Villanova matchup. I'm excited to watch that on Saturday. I got to copy and paste everything that Mark and Mike just said. Obviously, Alabama is a damn good team, and I think they're going to pound UCLA. I actually think Florida State is going to beat Michigan. I think Michigan, they definitely hit a good run versus LSU. I think LSU is actually a better team. Michigan did catch them uh, at the end of that game, and they strive. You know what? Bayheim's son with Syracuse is a baller. Mm-hmm. And I think that Houston's getting a little bit too much credit in that two seed. And I think Syracuse is actually going to comfortably win that uh, basketball game. Uh, agree. Loyola Chicago, I think, is going to be Oregon State. And I think Arkansas, I think Arkansas is actually going to end up in the final four out of that bracket. Ooh. I love the way they play. I think they're a damn good basketball team. I think the only time that I had questions about them was the first five minutes of their opening game versus Colgate. But ever since then, they've been striding. So that's going to be my sleeper team to get to the final four. Mark, can I get a (laughs) (laughs) No, I do like like Arkansas, though, as well. I also, I mean, UCLA, I like them, but I just don't know if they got what it takes. Wrong matchup, bro. Wrong matchup. Wrong matchup. Oregon State, they're kind of that team right now. I saw that. Oregon State has won five straight elimination style games dating back to the championship or the conference uh, tournament, right? So, dang. So, they're playing elimination style basketball right now. And, uh, I mean, I do like Loyola, but remember, they're coming off that high. Everyone's patting them on the back, telling them how good they did, you know. 
uh, Oregon State's kind of that team that's just been playing that raw and dirty, you know, basketball. Not dirty, but you know, you know what I mean. Just gritty, just gritty, getting it out. Yeah, gritty. Exactly. Thank you. I think gritty basketball. I think more times than not, when a stat like Oregon State stat gets put up on a pedestal and like it just gets thrown at you and stuff, then that stat just goes to crap. Like everyone jumps on that stat. I haven't seen the whole you know elimination game stat until they hit five. So now they have, oh, they've won five in a row, blah, blah, blah. So now, of course, you know, they're going to go and they're going to ride it. No, not going to happen. Sorry. Not sure about a cover, but a money line for sure. Oregon State loses this weekend, in in, in my opinion. I think it's a really good week for a money line with the games that we have. Because it seems like, you know, with the Nova Villa or Villanova Baylor game, that actually might be one of the harder games because we know Nova can play. But Baylor, when they're on, I mean, there's no doubt it should be probably Baylor and Gonzaga, you know. Uh, facing each other in the end but i don't know man right now this week i'm pretty comfortable with the games overall i mean like we said i think unfortunately we've rode the pack 12 like so happy they've done so good but this is the week where we might have maybe one win just kind of based off matchups alone we'll see man saturday's right around the corner so we have some time to chill get our uh, picks in i'm excited yeah if these numbers keep going up man i'll definitely be looking at villanova plus seven I'm going to be looking, of course, at my uh, orange plus six. I'm going to be looking definitely at, mm, I like UCLA. Hopefully that number can creep a little bit more towards seven. And uh, I'll be trying to see playing them as a dog. Uh, But yeah, those are probably my three favorite. And Oregon State as well. The number kind of ticked down a little bit. If I can get it close to seven again, I'm kind of with Mike there. Uh, Loyola, Chicago, I can see that money line winning it. But seven points might be a little bit too much for this uh, dirty, I I mean, gritty team of Oregon State (laughs) from Corvallis, baby. There you go, fans. So go ahead and tune in this weekend to uh, the Sweet 16. And then the Elite Eight to lead into the Final Four, and we'll get into that next week. Uh, But a couple quick things before we get to NASCAR. Um, I wanted to hit on it because it was news like the day or two after myself and Mark recorded episode 104. But the uh, the NFL announced our new TV deal uh, as far as like the next 10 or 15 years and a huge, huge deal for Amazon uh, Prime Video exclusive, I think by the year 2023, they're going to have every Thursday night football, they'll have you know 15 or 16 games. Uh, Sunday afternoons, you'll have NFC games on Fox slash Tubi, AFC games on CBS slash Paramount Plus. You got Sunday uh, night football, NBC, Peacock, and of course, Monday night football, you have ABC, ESPN, ESPN Plus. So all of these games, all of these days, every single game is somehow connected to a streaming service. You know, so it's huge for cord cutting. It's what we've been talking about for the last couple of years, you know, with myself and Sean being on YouTube TV, trying to get Mark to jump on the train and, you know, just dump the dish into the, I mean, let's be honest, if Mark's going to throw away his dish, it's probably going to end up in the ocean. So we don't want him to do that, but Hey, you know, he's going to save some money at the same time. So it's going to be, it's going to be huge this next couple of years. I think it's really good. Obviously they're going to make it really versatile for all these different platforms, but the one thing I will say is we grew up, let me go to channel two, channel five. We knew what channel of the game was mm-hmm. on growing up. So I just hope despite them going to all these different platforms, they'll still make it easy to where people don't need to pay extra. We've never had to pay for a freaking NFL game. So let's yeah. start now. You know, that's I think my biggest thing. Make sure at least we get that local game and that, you know, opposite 10 o'clock or one o'clock game. And of course, the primetime games. 
because I mean, you know, we've got raves how much we love the Amazon Prime, but you know, it's true. Some people they just will never get Amazon Prime. Maybe they're old school, whatever it may be, and you shouldn't punish them for that, you know. So mm-hmm. I just hope they find some sort of way to maneuver. Kind of just, you know, I'm not going to make every American get Amazon Prime now just to watch some damn football. So we'll see what they do. I mean, and then you have people who still have Red Zone. You know, it's still going to be the premier yeah. source for football because you still have, like fantasy football is still huge. So as far as as long as everyone can get all the games on on that channel or whatever, or, you know, I think our YouTube TV, we have to like pay for it separately or whatnot. But yeah. I think NFL Red Zone, at least for the time being, is going to be the more popular source to get all of your football or on Mark's side, you have the Sunday NFL ticket. So I think that, yeah, it's going to be kind of popular with people who are like completely core cutting and want to experience something new. Like, hey, you know what? Instead of CBS, let's check out the uh, the Raiders and Chiefs game over on Paramount Plus. Like it'll be something like new. But yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. And then, of course, all the Super Bowls, you have it like, you know, I think over the next 10, 15 years, you have everyone sprinkles their own. If I'm not mistaken, you have CBS, Fox, NBC, and even ESPN or I mean, I'm sorry, ABC um, getting like their own, like they're getting like two or three Super Bowls each. So it's not going to be like years and years and years of just Fox and then years and years and years of just CBS. So it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting. Definitely some changes coming over the next couple of years. And are we going to need Amazon to be able to watch Thursday night football coming up? That's what it's starting to sound like. I mean, come 2023, it sounds like you will be. It'll be Amazon Prime exclusive. But if you have an Amazon Prime account, that's what that is. True. Yeah. Which most people, I guess, pretty much do these days. But nonetheless, dude, 11 years, man. 11 years. I mean, I don't know. Your guys' thoughts contract like that we know the that billion dollar industry man billion yeah. dollar industry uh, 113 billion dollar industry sure, man i know right so thanks a lot uh matt bedwell he's jumping in the uh, chat long live red zone What's up, matt yeah that's for sure for sure i mean i've what? had red zone for years and years unfortunately with youtube tv do we get access to it sean like do we have the option of paying extra for we you do have for the red option, zone? I know every season they give us like two or three weeks uh, free. Oh, that's right, the that's season. right, that's right. So I mean, just the fact they do that, and it's funny because actually they do uh, NBA TV free a couple times throughout the year. So I think we can, you know, get the special package where we can include those channels when need be. And as as fantasy guys, we definitely probably are going to be getting that going forward. Hopefully. Yeah, Matt, you're right. He says that they're probably going to raise your membership, too. So if you have an existing Prime membership with all these new things coming out, hella different TV shows. Shoot, there's a comic book uh, animated TV show starting on Friday, Invincible, from Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead. So there's tons of things to do. And then, of course, if you get exclusive Thursday Night Football, they're going to raise your your yearly rate. I think I'd pay like 120 a year. It would be much more than that. You got to get grandfathered in, man. Can't change Uh the rate, baby. And a, a couple other tidbits from this deal. Mike, you're right. I might have to just let my dish go into the ocean. I mean, it's already right here by the <laughs> bay. But uh, a, a contract that's still up in the air for is the DirecTV deal for the Sunday f- ticket. That only runs past, uh, until the 2022 season. More uh, Monday doubleheaders are going to be hap- happening more often. I think that people obviously like from – the COVID times. I mean, it kind of it kind of happened in NASCAR too, right? How many we got like those four races in eleven days? We got weekday games. I thought it was kind of awesome, you know. So we're gonna be seeing that. Mike, your favorite for your kids to watch. The Nickelodeon games are more likely to come back. There will be more of them for you and the kids. Uh, yeah. Like we, so yeah, dude. Couple little changes, uh, big ones at that. Is but you know it's gonna be changing more. 
is the money that's going to be going into these damn uh, kids. These damn, yeah, they are kids at this point in my life. I'm getting old, man. The money that's going to be going into these damn athletes' pockets, especially if they try to do uh, uh, what's his name did and turn it into Bitcoin, baby. Right, wrestle Okung. <laughs> Okung, yeah, that's true. Okung okay. going all the way to the O bank with the Bitcoin. <laughs> so going forward, let's talk a little Champions League. I'm not Champions League, but EPL. So a uh, little update on the English Premier League. I mean, for fans who watch it consistently, I mean, you have Manchester City with a 14-point lead. They have played one more game than Manchester United, but I don't, I don't think that matters. They've almost doubled the amount of goal differential as Manchester United. So, I mean, definitely some, you know, things could get interesting, like we said, like a month ago, as far as two through four. You know, with you have Tottenham Hotspurs only three points out of uh, fourth place. West Ham is only two points out of fourth place. Liverpool, you still have a shot. You're only five points out of fourth place in a Champions League spot for next season. But as far as the championship is concerned, I think it's a foregone conclusion. I think that we shouldn't have to talk about it anymore. I think Manchester City uh, is pretty much wrapped it up 30 games into the season. I think there's they play, what, the, um, 38 or whatever? Just yeah. about... Yeah, I think the conversation with them, it ended right when it started. They haven't lost this uh, calendar year, so they're probably going to run away with that title. And, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Man U sitting there in second. They're in a good spot to obviously get into the Champions League. But they're also doing great in the Europa League, as we talked about earlier. I think they're in the semifinals. They beat AC Milan. Pogba had that game winner. So, you know, they have a couple ways to get into that Champions League. At this point, I think that's kind of the trophy, quote-unquote, for all these uh, lower-tier teams. You know, West Ham, they're sitting at 49 points, so it'll be a surprise to get in. I know Mark's kind of banking on that Champions League for Liverpool because unless they straighten up in the Premier League, you know, the That's Champions all I League. got. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool pulled, what, all the way back? They're sitting here at seventh place? Man, I mean, the, they, they they overtook your Wolves, Sean, for that seventh place. I mean, the Wolves are having a bad left. year, man. They're having a real bad one. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much that they all they really got. They're going to face Real Madrid coming up here uh, a couple weeks, if not uh, the, the next week, I believe. Yeah, so they're going to be facing Real Madrid uh liverpool's chances are gone like mike said it's a foregone conclusion epl's been fun but uh i don't know at this time if mike's not investing in man U stock at this point 17 and 50 cents on a high today hitting the high ticker yeah i saw that that was pretty cool 17 like 53 or whatever that was dope yeah something there was i don't know if there was some i thought they were making a trade or something because damn that damn uh Stock was hitting earlier, but nonetheless, you guys, uh, excited, but uh, I could be more excited like last season, bro. (laughs) Yeah, true. I think we all could. But um, so going from the EPL to our last sport of the evening, NASCAR. So I think it's 50 or 60 years, Mark, but they haven't. uh, The Cup Series has not run a race on dirt in that long. But finally, coming back, you know, giving the people what they wanted, you know, the full season after COVID, even though NASCAR technically had a full season last year. But they're giving it to us. The first of two races at Bristol, Tennessee, we are on dirt. It's crazy how they did it. I hear stories after story. Uh, Shannon Spake from uh, Fox Sports, she's on Clay Travis's Outkick the Coverage like every week, and they talk about it. You know, Today they talked about how they had like a dirt doctor actually come in, and they pulled dirt from different regions from different countries to like make it look and feel 
you know, correct. They didn't just pour like soil that you would use to, you know, plant plants and vegetables on there and, you know, and then hope that it stuck. So I, you know, the process that they went through over the, you know, the summer and the fall to get it down and to, to, to keep it a dirt track, the whole, you know, what is it like 500 laps or whatever? It's going to be awesome, bro. I'm literally going to say, I think 10 seconds worth of stuff. Cause I've never seen a NASCAR race on a dirt track. And all I know is that Larson kicks ass on a dirt track. And who is the young guy, Mark? We talked about him a couple weeks ago. Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell. So he's another young gun who's good on the dirt track. So I'm just going to sit back and relax and enjoy this race. Hopefully Chase does good. But I'm very excited, man. Something new for, you know, experiencing for me. Mm -hmm. And the other thing you're going to experience also, Sean, is that you're not going to have your typical race. They're going to have it all set up kind of like with the heat races and just how they do it in the dirt world world of outlaws type sprint cars and late models and what have you but you know i've i'm not too familiar much with dirt racing either i know that they trucks do it at eldora every uh, every year they have mm-hmm. been lately for the last five or six years so that's pretty exciting that's kind of where my knowledge from dirt comes i know it's got to be packed certain way and you know i always win just, too I was winning that race in the video game. <laughs> the bike's the best. There you go, on, Mike. I, you I am have, like the, you I am the those... man at Bristol. Dirt or no dirt. Just you can't sure. see me on Bristol, bro. How does pit row work in a dirt track? Because I mean, again, I, I have no idea. Like I've never even seen what the hell a dirt track looked like for us. About to find NASCAR. out together, man. Okay, got, so you don't know either. Okay, unless we got some comic booky NASCAR fans out there that are older than fifty years old that experienced it last time. I mean, I think we're all gonna find out together, man. Well, there's two different. There's two different uh entrances to pit road at bristol so i'm pretty sure it would be the same like every like both straightaways coming out of the turns you have two different pits or whatever because i remember like whenever i go like low and you know like off the track but low you know whatever you know they uh they say hey wrong pit wrong pit but i'm not i had no intention of going there i always get the little thing before i cross the line speeding penalties you getting though uh, I just got a black flag uh, last week when I streamed. <laughs> I got one, but I usually I'm I'm usually pretty good. I've gotten better because, dude, so many times when I first started playing that game, bro, I would always come in too hot and I'd spin the hell out of it. I'd crash. I'd cause a caution, and of course, I was trying to pit anyways. So then I would lose the lap. Also, I'm like, oh damn, man, this sucks. But no, I, I've gotten way better, but I did, yes, thank you for bringing it up. I did get one black flag, but I still ended up with the top ten in that race. I believe it was at Texas. So you know about the races then, Mike, how you get the uh, the um, like the heat races, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, I don't think we're going to be expecting 500 miles. It's not going to be like that. I think it's just going to be kind of like, like I said, mainly like how they run it on dirt. It might okay. be like 50, 60, or probably more than 60 because, yeah, I'd say more, maybe like 200-ish laps. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't done okay. too much digging into it. I'm kind of just really excited for it, honestly. I'm kind of happy going into it blindly. Uh, I'm glad that Fox uh, Sports has gotten Clint Boyer in the booth now because he's real mm-hmm. good at dirt. And the guy does a pretty damn good job at explaining like kind of the dirt background and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, let's pull up some odds here real quick if we got some. Um, I mean, you I, can pull up all the odds. It doesn't like, matter. Yeah, no, <laughs> no I mean, the odds, the odds probably matter more than the actual stats because me and Sean, before you jumped on with us in pre-production, we were like, Dude, why am I even listing any of this? These stats, I, I guess, yeah, it's like a rough estimate. Like, yeah, you could say because Kyle Busch has eight wins at Bristol, but does that matter on dirt? 
kind of, but like over under like 50% of this is like, you know, trustworthy. Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch, you know, Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin had a handful of wins. Uh, Keslow's got three wins at Bristol. Like, does that, does that any of that matter? Like a, even a little bit? Um, not really, bro. These guys are doing, these guys are doing a bunch of damn practice and trying to get ready for this race. Um, Mm -hmm. Kyle Larson's a heavy, heavy favorite, bro. I mean, this is kind of funny right here. This is actually really funny. When was the last time? I mean, I've seen Kyle Larson up there, but when was the last time you saw Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Austin Dillon, Chase Briscoe, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. as your top five favorites to win this what? race? Take a picture of that. Because well, uh, Austin Dillon, yeah, because Austin Dillon won that race, right? The truck well, race. He won like the, the last. The, I think it was the very first ever truck race. It was the first or the second one, I believe. I think it was the first one at Eldora. So well, he's no, good they, on they, dirt. But they raced like last Saturday, or what, or like Thursday or Friday before the race in. Um, Atlanta, a bunch of NASCAR drivers, including Kyle Larson, Austin Dillon, like they raced a dirt track, uh, a dirt race at Bristol, but in like one of those, like the different cars and Austin Dillon won that race. It was like the nationals or something. I forgot what it, I forgot what the hell it was, but yeah. So that's, that's funny you say that. Cause I was like, Oh shoot. He just won that little race that they raced on like Thursday or Friday before the race on Sunday. Let me tell you this though, Michael Biella, these damn, these damn odds makers, they're not, they're no dummies, right? No, definitely not. I mean, how many ga- how many races did Larson win last summer when he had his incident and slipped up and just went and ran dirt as he, you know, um, kept How many I, races, guy? I want to say was, it was like I want to say it was, it was half. It was like 40 out of 80 races last yeah. season he won. It was something like that. Crazy. And the odds makers making him a plus a two and a half to one favorite. Two and a half to one. I mean that's damn near. In the, I mean that's damn near. You might as well make them almost even. Two and a half yeah. to one. Christopher Bell coming in next at seven to one. Austin Dillon, as close as he tries to be, he's at eleven to one. So you're already in double digits with your third favorite driver, Chase Briscoe, twelve to one. I wouldn't even put any money on him because yes, he's good on dirt, but he's a rookie, and you still got to get a feel yeah. for. You got to get a feel for how these cup cars work and how they drive and everything. And I think that with five, six races under your belt, it's just not going to be enough to kind of know exactly how a cup car is going to work, especially all that. Seven, excited. Seven hundred. I, like I like that little smirk Mike got right now. So <laughs> next, extra happy right now. What did you they, say last week, Mark? I can eat a banana sideways right now. I'm smiling oh, so much. <laughs> yeah, you're not smiling that hard like as much you were last week. You remember last week it was about oh, the Snyder God, Cup. Oh, dude, freaking just 10 you, laps left. You freaking this car just goes to shit. What happened? Hey, it just that's what happens. It's a 500 mile race. Honestly, that's why I kind of like those. That's why I like the Coca-Cola 600. I mean, they are a little bit longer, but I kind of like I mean, you know how much I like the 24 hours of Le Mans and the the Rolex at Daytona, right? I mean, I love my damn racing and I feel like I like it when it becomes some more of like an endurance type thing. I mean, if it wasn't 500 miles, don't get me wrong. That thing was a snooze fest. Maybe not for you, but Jesus, thank God it was 500 miles. There was a little bit of action. I mean, I don't yeah. know how much Logano did it, but 
you, you look at what happened to what did Larson do in the in, in the first stage to keep his teammate Chase on the lead lap? He slowed it down so Chase wouldn't lose a lap and what have you. So teammates, that's what that's what that's what friends are for. You know, <laughs> know. what I mean? That's what you Dude, got that teammates. Was so for. I wanted to text you. I was like, oh my god, stop blocking him! Get the hell out of the way. <laughs> How much was he blocking him though? He, I know he was that far ahead of him, and if Larson's car was that good, how could he have not a passed the last car on the lead lap? So I don't know how much blocking it was, more of like taking the air off of Larson's car, if you consider that blocking. But, I mean, he he uh, he's just racing. If Larson can't pass him because he's taking the air off his car, then obviously Larson's car just wasn't strong enough at the know. end, you know? it was two, It's like 2% me getting pissed off, uh, you know, at Logano and like 90%. It, yes, I and, know. It was and what car. was the gap, though? Didn't he have like a two, three-second gap on Blaney with 30 laps or something? So for Blaney, was, for yeah. Blaney to cut that gap that fast with like less than 40-ish, 30-ish laps, I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Nonetheless, you know, because it's kind of hard to close that gap when it's dwindling down these laps in these races and damn lead car yeah. has better air, which I guess he didn't if you want to say Logano was taking it off of him. But welcome, yeah, I mean, uh, welcome to the chat on Twitch. Uh, Sean, uh, high school alum, fellow O5er, DJ Gungeon, Mr. Patel. Yeah, thank I you so much for up, coming brother. in. His chat is. Are. Thank his, you. Thank you, guys. Welcome ch- in. His chat is one emoji and it's uh, Dale. Dale, dale. That's right. Hey, thank you. NASCAR's finest right yeah. there. Hey, he let's, knows. Let's give a shout out to him, Mr. 99 from Monterey, Mexico. Daniel Suarez uh, with Track House. Uh, Where did he finish? 10? No, because he had that speeding penalty. Oh, at the that's end. right. But but he was in the top 10 like the whole damn day. But what did I text you at the middle of the day? What did I said, like, the best thing about this race was seeing that damn 99, not just because that was my old car number that I loved, uh, but just to see Suarez. And that small team just being able to do something on a mile and a half, especially on a track that just kills your tires. And man, uh, shout out uh, Daniel Suarez and uh, Mr. Pitbull and uh, track house over there for uh, putting a damn good product on the track that day. So track track yeah. house. But yeah, man, uh, excited. Um, but yeah, but it's going to be fun. It's, it's something we've, nev- we've never seen before, you know on the dirt. So it's going to be fun. I'm just going to sit back and relax and hope that my boy Kyle Larson, you know, I wish I could wear my hat, but it was, a, it's a special event thing. And I still haven't even gotten any updates on when I'm going to get that damn hat. And so, I bought it in like January or February. And I think I'm not even getting it until the middle or, you know, the end of April. So I don't know. And unfortunately for our fan on Twitch, though, something else he might not have ever seen before is Daniel Suarez at 150 to one to win this dirt race <laughs> at Bristol. So uh, the food city dirt race, Bristol Motor Speedway, make sure Let's you turn go. in. It's Sunday, Fox Sports, noon p.m. Pacific, 3 Eastern. Hell yeah. But um, thank you so much for everyone who's in the chat so far right now. But uh, that is the end of the sports section. So we're going to go ahead and take like a two-minute break and come back for the comic book section slash entertainment. But this has been the Comic Bookies podcast so far, brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned. We'll be back in about two to three minutes. Thank you so much. Stick around. We got the cut talk. Be right back.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Comic Bookies Podcast. We are live on YouTube and Twitch. Thank you so much for tuning in, subscribing, following. You know, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can listen to us. You know, we uh, record live, but this audio will go out to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com app, wherever you get your freaking podcasts. Please listen, subscribe, and rate us too. Give us a one, two, three, four, five star review. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what we're doing right. You know, hit us up, email us at comicbookies at gmail.com. But yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Fellas, let's get into some comic books, huh? I think this might be the first time I've ever listened to a podcast that they said give us a one star re- give to the, give themselves a one star review. Well, hey, that's how that's what? how hey. on, that's how honest we are here at the Comic Bookies exactly. podcast, fans. Exactly. So <laughs> hey, so let's get into some comic books, fellas. So like we do every week for people who are just tuning in for the first time. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and chatting with us. Um, what we do, what we like to do first is talk about the comic books that came out today. New comic book day, especially the big ass previews book. I love it. I love flipping through that um let's let's do it so on the dc side i kind of you know go through a little bit of uh, not every single book but you know some of them so uh dc detective comics and action comics are both back uh 1034 and 1029 respectively uh, uh the white knight harley quinn number six teen titans academy number one and harley quinn number one so two harley quinn books that come out today Mark with that variant cover looks bad as hell. Uh, Marvel, Amazing Spider-Man 62, Excalibur 19, uh, Mark, Miles Morales, Spider-Man 24. And then two books we also picked up, Alien number one, and then Carnage, Black, White, and Blood number one. Mark, you also got that uh, that A cover for that one. And some of these small-time publishers, Image, you got Ha Ha number three, Our Scumbag number six, and Stray Dogs number two. Uh, AWA, one of our you know, favorite small time publishers, Year Zero, Volume Two, Number Five, and over on Boom Studios, Power Rangers Five, and a really, really, really popular one right now, Once in Future, Number Seventeen. So, fellas, plenty of books to get into. Um, you know, like what, like you know, run down a couple that you're excited for this week, or give me one that you really like to read from last week. Give it for to me. This week, it's funny because I think we all agreed, man. Uh, Teen Titans Academy, I think, especially for Mike and I, because we read Strange Academy, kind of had that, hey, it's going to kind of be the DC version. And I'm already kind of like, you know what? Good energy. There it is. Mike is showing it. And awesome that the author for the book, the writer, did follow us. Correct me, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Sheridan followed us uh, back on Instagram. So yeah, that was pretty cool. That's so like one of those moments where I'm like, what? No way. That's it must awesome, be a different though, Tim But you know what? Looking at the cover and how badass it is, I am excited for Carnage, man. I know, you know, Woody Harrelson's going to probably kick ass in that movie when it finally mm. does come out. And you know what, man? Like that, it just has that look on the cover. Like, okay, that's that one right there. So I'm very excited for those specifically. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm I'm excited for like you like you said, Sean, really Carnage. I'm really more excited because it's I feel like it's something that I can finally get into more of the Marvel scene again. As the comic fans here know that uh I'm kind of lack lackluster on the damn Marvel books, but nonetheless, I do have two to read this uh week with uh Miles Morales and another one did come out I believe as well guys Alien if I'm not mistaken yeah I believe an Alien mm-hmm. book yeah. came out uh I did not pick it up uh kind of had a couple too many this week already but is, <laughs> Ar- is, is, is Arnold going to be in it 
<laughs> go Chachas, go. <laughs> no, but um, I'm excited. I know we, we talked about it during the week about with the Harley Quinn. Sometimes I feel kind of net for not getting that much Harley Quinn when I first started doing this podcast to getting it so much now. But I, sometimes I feel hardly out. But I'm kind of more excited to see how the story builds on this character, really, because uh, I, I mean, I'm not so much excited to pick up another book, if you will, but I think that it's going to be kind of fun with the way that we saw Tynion kind of transform Harley into the way that she was at the end of the Joker War and whatnot. And I think that going forward with her kind of doing the whole switch up, maybe being kind of more on broke Bruce's side now and whatnot, I think it's going to be kind of a fun story. Nonetheless, it might get me more in tune with the backstory, not the backstories, excuse me, but that little extra uh, spinoff story coming off on the end of these uh, episodes, <laughs> books, issues. Because, uh, you know, Robin, that uh, Robin was on Batman, right? And now Robin is going to be a detective. So yeah. I don't have to pick up another book to get that. We talked about it the other on episode 104. But nonetheless, I, I mean, I'm pulling hardly quinn right now number one just number one don't know if i'm gonna pull the whole series it is an ongoing series i'm gonna have to make a decision on that based on maybe how these first two or three books go but i'm excited for that story man i really am yeah. excited to see like sean said or like you mentioned earlier in uh scumbag uh i pulled up this uh the cover again don't know his man for watching the mayans and now watching this damn scumbag <laughs> uh scumbag cover it's a pretty res a uh, little bit of resemblance but is that yeah. Coco on the cover <laughs> yeah coco right crazy man mm. um i think if i were to give maybe my top three i probably carnage probably black white and blood i'm pretty excited for it's only four issues too so you know i'm you know over the last six months or so i'm really into the just these quick hitters you know six months or less get me the hell out of this story uh the scumbag obviously and then actually top three my third one i'm now yes i'm glad that detective and action are back but dude uh, i I was just gonna say i love previews bro i love previews man i mean i know these books aren't coming out until like june or whatever but to flip through the Marvel and knowing that I may or may not even get one and the big ass previews book. And then I jump over online to the DC connect, man, I love doing that, putting together my little list and just getting excited for, it's like when you go to a movie theater and you're going to see like Avengers infinity war Endgame, but then you get super, super excited about a preview that you just watched for something else. It's like, Oh, like I'm really excited to read scumbag and detective in action, but I'm really, really excited about this new story that I'm going to grab come June. You know, I, but that's I, what I but feel. Speaking about come June, that's a couple months from now. That's how I feel about damn action and detective as I'm holding mm -hmm. them up here now, but I'm excited to actually get these two damn books back. Probably detective more so than action. I was really having a lot of fun with detective with, um, who was writing it again? Jesus. Uh, Tomasi, Tiny and Tomasi, that's right, TNT. So Tomasi, he's not on it anymore. I see here, unless it's a one-off, but Tom it went from Tomasi to Tamaki. <laughs> um, that's right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Actually, uh, uh, Josh Williamson is co-writing this specific issue, but then Tamaki is going to be the sole writer, I believe, going forward. I think I did a little deep dive and, and research as to you know a couple issues ahead. Yeah, so it's a whole damn different switch-up with Philip Kennedy Johnson on the damn... Uh, action comics 1029 so yeah, who's also on superman so it's like a bendis like bendis was on both uh, of them and now he's on both action and superman and hopefully that 
I mean, oh, really? Okay. So is do you like him as a writer? Is he pretty good? I actually had no idea. Oh, sorry. If everyone heard that, that's my uh, desk. It's an electric desk. It would just, in, you know, went up higher. <laughs> but uh, but no, actually, I didn't know really who he was. I don't think I've ever read anything that he's written. But I, I kind of I, I enjoy the Superman one. It's got legs to have a good story arc. So I, I didn't hate, you know, the yeah. Superman I read from last week. As excited I am for these stories, I just hope that they're good, you know, because uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, as good, it's hard to drop action, man. 1029, that just tells you how long they've been around, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to drop action, but I feel like uh, give me something I want action because I'll, I'll damn drop you for that damn Harley, man. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I, think, I think for as long as I'm going to be a comic book fan, I don't think I will ever, ever. Unless like the writer did something really bad, like he, I don't even want to say That's how it. I feel. I, I don't want to say it, but I would think I will ever drop Batman, Superman, Action Detective. Never. There's if I'm only gimmies. reading four stories for the rest of my life, those four are going to be the four. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm more into the detective than I am with the action. But with uh, action you know. kind of paving the way and, you know, action has that damn history behind it. You know, it's just so hard to stray away from it too much. But uh uh, thanks to yeah. our sponsorship. Thank you, Treasure Island Comics. Once again, this podcast always comes to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. So yeah. uh, thank you, Alex, again. But uh, And yeah. for those of you who are listening right now, watching, and don't know who Alex is, you'll get to know him a little bit in two weeks because on Wednesday, April 7th, we are happy to have Alex on for, I believe, the third time. But we're going to try to get him on for everyone and for ourselves, actually. Because to actually talk about talk to someone who's actually smart in the comics world um, and knows so, people got yeah, connect- yeah, connections. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think we're going to try to get him on like once a quarter. So I think we had him on in January. So, of course, he'll be on in April again. So uh, but from last week, fellas, what was your favorite, you know, one or two books from last week and why, man? I liked Variant Black, man. I know I uh, got the ep- Tell us uh, about it, Sean. episode, the issue one, and I got the issue two, and I really liked it, man. It kind of it really built off the first issue really, really well. There's a couple cops that do know who the character is, that he is actually the Variant Black hero, and we actually got introduced to the quote-unquote villain, so there's actually another variant out there. So pretty much the cops are kind of working cohesively among the couple that do know who the Variant Black is, the hero. Kind of like, hey, we kind of could use you in this city. And, you know, he's kind of goes coincide with him living with his parents. He doesn't have a job. He's trying to just find his way. And he tells his dad, hey, I found maybe my niche. I found my thing. It doesn't pay. You know, he doesn't tell his dad it. But in his head, he's like, I'm going to be a hero. You know, there'll be something good, maybe some good karma that comes with it. But, yeah, like, I don't know. Really fun story so far. I'm liking it. You know, I'm, good. I haven't checked how many uh, total issues there's going to be. But we are two in. I should probably double double check what we're talking right now. But I definitely be getting number three. I'm uh, liking it really. It's yeah. Good. If it's like if it's at least six, then you'll probably find it in this month's previews, and then it'll it'll say like, oh, coming in June, like Radiant Black number six of something. Yeah. If it doesn't say anything, then it, then there's no plans on stopping anytime soon. Oh, it'll be at least twelve or whatever. But um, Mark. Something that you liked, really liked from last week reading? I, I know you mentioned, uh, you know. I didn't get much last week. So, I mean, other than Red Atlantis finishing up, pretty good uh, story. Uh, I didn't, wasn't too big on how it finished. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that it did finish, it kind of left me thinking if it was going to have a different, like, sequel to it. But probably not. Once again, the story was by Stephanie Phillips, Robert Carey. Um 
pretty good story kind of like based on the cold war from like russia and uh how this chick has these powers because of her parents and her grandma pretty much kidnaps her and whatnot but uh not the best but not the worst i'll tell you that much by aftershock just ended five issues read that last week and of course hot valley days and cocaine nights mikey uh, I was trying to figure out the name hey, of the girl because it says the true story of Janie and you can kind of see the name. It looks like Dorsey or Borsey or I don't know. And I Googled her name to see if it was going to pop up. Couldn't really find anything. I wanted <laughs> to see how I, I wanted to know if I could. I mean, it's based on a true story, right? So I wanted to see like the actual true story, right? I mean, the comic is obviously, you know, the comic, it's like the movie. You don't ever get the actual damn true story, but it was actually really, really good, Mike. Uh, yeah, these three issues, it. I know it could have been, I mean, you, like you said, kind of like a blow type of theme, but with a female base. But I could see this kind of being like a 12-issue series. Three seems kind of like short for me. They could have built this story because yeah. you know in the in these issues they went back and forth a lot you know present past 1984 uh my favorite year right 19 whatever now they're but they kept going back and forth throughout all these three issues if you extended the issues out a couple more make it six make it eight you know now you're not having to go back and forth deal you could you could select one issue to one member to one story not really have to intertwine yeah. them all but you know yeah uh, they did I, I, like I'm thoroughly enjoying these six issue miniseries, but like this one specifically, it was so good, but they went source point press on us, you know, or AWA. There's like, oh, why do you only have to make it like a three or four issue miniseries? You could have. Yeah, exactly. Like, give me a six or an eight right there. You know, speaking of source point press uh, and you mentioned earlier Power Rangers. Do we have a little bit of news from one of our uh, favorite oh, yeah. uh, writers here for that joins the show on a bi-yearly basis, it seems like, man? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Frank Gogol from SourcePoint Press, you know, he's currently, he's, excuse me, he's currently writing uh, Dead End Kids Suburban Job. He just got put on to Power Rangers, and I forgot, like, uh, shoot, the Dark Ranger, like, it's like Power Rangers and colon something. It's like a different story. It's not like legit just Power Rangers. I forgot what it was, but he's... Uh, writing that, a power ranger story so like that is awesome like, man. Like how he posted it you know it was like teenage mutant Ninja turtles buffy uh power ranger so you know put a little check mark on one of his like lifelong goals is to write and if we him, man. And, and if we go back and listen to the episode that he was on with us last i could have sworn that he said something that he kind of had something in the works he was talking to someone but he couldn't really mention it i wonder if that's what it was man because uh, been. congratulations the hat man yeah, it's yeah. crazy because I ever since I met him, you know, Cape and Cowl Comics shot out another comic store out there. Although we don't have a sponsorship from them yet, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's in California, baby. You're right. Let's get let's get sponsorships from all the comic book stores in the greater Bay Area region. But nonetheless, and I when I met him out there, Sean, you were with me, Mike. You couldn't make it that day for some reason. Uh, I don't, I forgot why, but. I remember him always saying that like Power Rangers was kind of his thing, you know, and it's kind of crazy to like be able to write it now. I mean, I know I don't know if how he pulled that one off, if he kind of 
with them. I think they're being written by Boom, if I'm not mistaken. Don't yeah. write. I think it's Boom. So I don't know if you just contact Boom if he's got his connections. But nonetheless, shout out Mr. Frank Gogol for, uh, like Mike said, one of your lifelong dreams, I'm sure, to write the Power Rangers, man. Now that yeah. looks like we're going to have to be picking up Power Rangers books, guys. I know. <laughs> yeah. Even thinking about the first time that we interviewed him, it's funny you're saying all that because I'm just like, it's all coming back to my head. So I remember like vividly he was saying he loved reading Power Rangers stories. So it's crazy, like you said, now he's actually writing them. I mean, and for us, man, this is a show we used to watch when we were younger to say that, like, hey, you know, we're going to be able to interview, you know, one of the writers of the future Power Ranger stories, man. That's pretty awesome. So, again, congrats to Frank big time, man. We'll definitely have you up here soon. We didn't just just used to watch it, right? We didn't just used to watch it. I mean, Power Rangers was the shit back then you know what i mean like it was it was huge back then in our day so yeah Yeah. and it's still going so congratulations frank yes sir yes sir so the one i mean i did like brian michael bendis's uh first issue of justice league it was kind of like a slow burn you know we saw naomi at the end um you know with black adam so definitely something like you're definitely gonna have to go on and on they're not, you know, because you saw the Justice League, which was pretty cool. You saw Black Canary, you saw Flash, you saw, you know, Green Arrow and everyone like the Justice League was like whole. But the other heroes, so to speak, that are on the front cover, they haven't, you know, gotten into the Justice League just yet. So you're going to have to go forward and read issues, issues, issues. But man, the Justice League Dark issue that was after the Justice League, that was way better with like Merlin and stuff and like what he's going to unleash. He's going to unleash like a combination of heaven and hell via Jason blood and stuff. That was a dope ass issue, um, you know, with John Constantine and Zatanna. And that's actually going to lead into some news that we have coming up soon. But the one book that I was like mind blown, it wasn't even on my pull list. I just went in there and I figured, Oh, I only have like four books. I'm going to get a couple books for my daughter and then pick this one up over on the skybound side of image did you guys see this ultra mega i did did see that that. dude so (laughs) this is one of the few stories that you pick up and it's like oh my god eight dollars what the hell but it's eight dollars it's double the size it's like 60 pages and it is well worth the damn read i felt like i was reading like um like a black hammer book uh it it was it was so crazy like pretty much the quick synopsis of the story is like of course just like a lot of these stories nowadays there's a plague there's a virus going around and a lot of people who are getting infected are are turning into like these nasty like monster looking things so people on live you can see i can i never know how to turn this damn thing it's like opposite see that thing It's, it's like nasty and they're eating different people and stuff so this power that is gives the power of the ultra mega to like three different heroes. Right. And so he's just a regular dude and he sees, you know, there's one instance where he saves a kid from one of these nasty things. And then lo and behold, there's a little side story. He left his first wife. He has a wife and a son, a baby son, but he left his first wife because she got the virus. And as she was changing, he got her pregnant. And so the thing living inside her and now in the basement of her house is this like huge freaking thing. And now he's like all grown up and it, it looks like freaking doomsday. And um, and so now he's come back to seek revenge on his father, kill his father and everything. And it's just a big, big bloody battle with, with it ended up all three of them dying, all the ultra megas. So it was and then the end of the story. But like, look at this one right here. This is one of the ultra megas on the top of like an Empire State Building. Look at his guts just hanging out like oh, that. Oh, so it's gruesome. Yeah, it's a badass book. 
and um, it pretty much ends with the like the epilogue of the issue. It, it looked like it seemed like it was a whole story in one, and like each story after that's going to be something different. But um, some kid he finds one of the pieces of armor that he had, and he kind of I think turns himself into an like the next Ultra Mega. So awesome book! It is seven ninety nine, but I, I think it's worth it. Like the other history of the DC universe, that one's worth the seven ninety nine. Some of those tie ins from uh, Future State that were. Six ninety nine were not worth it whatsoever, but this one was dope. So rant over. I like it, brother. I know I seen that one. Yeah, I might have to check that out. I like that. Yeah, but that's but that's pretty much it for my comic book side because because last week second week in a row was a, a shorter stack. This week was kind of a short stack too, but I ended up picking up a few other ones like we picked Some up the goodies, and the alien one, so we have plenty to talk to next week for sure. Um, but if we're done with comics, I think we can move on to some of the quick hitting uh, entertainment, comic book entertainment news stories. Uh, I have some stuff. Sean, you have some stuff as well. Uh, but just some quick hitters. DC Films is reportedly making a Zatanna movie leading into the Zatanna news. Um, Emerald Fennel. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She's an up and coming female writer. She's writing these uh, the movie. Uh, she co-wrote. Uh, on Killing Eve, the show I th- believe it was a sci-fi. I forgot what show, what channel it was. But she also played Camilla Parker Bowles on um, The Crown on Netflix, one of my wife's favorite shows, in season three. So not only is she an actress, but she's also writing now. So that's pretty cool. Um, more DC news: uh, The CW recasts Kate Kane, Batwoman. Um, Wallace Day. I couldn't really read too far into the article because they said that, oh, this is going to go, you know, this is spoilers for the episodes ahead. So Ruby Rose is out. Didn't think that they were going to actually find her because supposedly she's dead, but then she's not dead. She was kidnapped. That's how far I am. But Wallace Day, she was, I forgot her name in the show, but she was on that show Krypton on Sci-Fi, which I don't know why they canceled it. It was actually one of my favorite shows after the second season. And then That's finally why they my canceled s- it. I know, right? <laughs> just like just like my sports teams can never win, you know, uh, win championships. Just, you know. They cancel my, them. They just I cancel, cancel you, bro. Cancel. You can't cancel. It's cancel uh, culture, bro. <laughs> oh, quiet. Uh, Aaron, Aaron just joined the chat. What, what's up, boys? What's up, Aaron? How's it going? Hey, hey, hey Ron. Scan. Welcome up, in. Hey, hey, Ron. Um, but uh, finally, for myself, uh, Berserker. Uh, there's a film and an anime series announced for Netflix. Don't know when that's going to be, but uh, like I told you guys, I don't know if that would have been ever made comic book and TV or anime if Keanu Reeves isn't attached to it. But hey, whatever. That's not my uh, decision. So hopefully that's good. Hopefully issue two of Berserker is better and hopefully the TV show and anime is, you know, is good, too. Well, you know who else is attached to it? Our guy, Matt Kent, although we did not get. Although we did not get a follow yet from the, and, and unlike the other uh, writer that you just mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, we uh, did get a comment though on on Twitter. So Matt That's Kent right. doing big things with Keanu Reeves and Berserker and trying to go motion picture on them, I guess, or at uh, Netflix. I mean, but yep. nonetheless, man, if we can try to work some magic to get him on for the fans, uh, we'll really be doing things, man. Just get Keanu. Why not, man? Yeah, That's it. yeah. That's all you need. Uh, Sean, I mean, he was over brother? here in San Francisco, right? <laughs> yeah, shooting those films like everyone kept running into him in the city or whatnot. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's around, man. Yeah, he's shooting the Matrix. Him. Yeah, yeah, forget, forget calling in. We can get him in the studio live, <laughs> <laughs> get him in the Batcave, right? Right. Uh, Sean, is. you got some news, bro? 
Yeah, uh, two super quick things, and it kind of leads into two of the more exciting things that we are going to talk about with uh, the Falcon Winter Soldier. It was the most streamed ever opening episode for a Disney no. Plus show, including WandaVision and Mandalorian. They beat them both out yeah. for Why? Disney Plus. Why is that? I want your thoughts. Well, I mean, it's, you know, the hype. The, the, the hype. They're, they're riding the train from WandaVision into WandaVi- this. Exactly oh, okay. 10-4. And then, uh, what was it? Justice League, I'd brain fart. You know, just the biggest thing we're going to talk about. Justice League, the streams were just below Wonder Woman 84. But then again, that was just for an opening weekend. And since, I know they've just blown up. And I, I think what Mike said is pretty much, it kind of hits it on the head. It did its job. I think it did surpass uh, Falcon Winter Soldier for opening weekend streams, which is great. Uh, I know we're going to talk about it eventually, but damn four hours of greatness i must say yeah no really good uh sean you had another piece of news with a former james bond uh actor god i i almost thought i was gonna leave that out i thought you would have <laughs> brought it up but i guess i have to because it is pierce bronson and it's funny i watched mama mia yesterday with my wife oh my god and he was in it and it's so crazy that she loves that guy and i was saying oh i know him for a freaking golden eye i don't know about no freaking mama <laughs> yeah. mia and yeah. sure enough, you will be playing a certain character, which Mike knows, I think, a little bit better than I do. And it will be in Black Adam. So we'll be joining up with the People's Champ, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Black Adam. So super awesome. Yeah, There's, for sure. There, I mean, there, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I just want to say something about Pierce. The, my, <laughs> oh, no. I mean, no, go ahead. You go ahead. I'll get it. I'll There's get two it. times I remember Pierce Brosnan every time I think of that damn dude. <laughs> it's that damn golden eye, like you mentioned, right? The damn get, the the video. I mean, one of the best first shooter, you know, first person shooter games Come ever. Sixty four, right? baby. Come on now. I mean, lay lay the lay the, the the pavement right. Lay the path the for the greatness, the other right? One. Uh, and then the other one that I think about is that in the in the Golden Eye movie when he does the little the dude wants the cigarette, he's looking for a light, and then Prosden tries to act like he's got a lighter, and he goes like this, shows him his fist, bah, just knocks him. You guys don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, dude, I love that scene. He thought, just he, he hears I'm, he's gonna pretend to light his cigarette, bah, knocks him out, bro. Bronson's was so sick, dude. I thought he, you it, were gonna say uh, your two, it's you know your two experiences were James Bond and then Mrs. Doubtfire. That's oh, right. That's right. Where he's that, trying to date Sally Fields, you know, Robin right. Williams' ex-wife, dude. That was hella funny. And he throws the lime. Oh, sir, I <laughs> <He's> saw it. <laughs> and Doubtfire's giving yeah, the that's right i almost forgot about brosnan in that one but you're right yeah. brosnan's not bad so i'm glad to see him uh getting oh casted God. for some dc stuff man yeah, that's a little scoop mike who is he actually playing i'm actually not it's dr, uh, dr. dr. Fate. fate there you yeah, go dr fate so he joins dr fate uh cyclone hawkman is going to be in this movie um there's a there's a bunch of good like heavy hitters going to be in this black adam movie and I hope it leads into something, of course, with Shazam, but maybe even something in maybe the some kind of DCEU. Um, but like and like I said to Dr. Fate, you can open up a can of worms for Justice League Dark. You can have a John Constantine. Uh, you can have a Zatanna. You can have Swamp Thing, Detective Chimp. You can have a uh, dead man. You can have all these different characters who have been in a Justice Detective League Dark. Uh, Undertaker's going to be in it. Dead man. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Chimp, bro. <laughs> Dude, just. Re- yeah. I mean, like what I've been Sean, reading over the last. Hey, Sean, you, know, you have any info on Detective Chimp for me? Some, some bubble That's a action. New one, man. <laughs> no, but going back to Pierce is he Brosnan, in the encyclopedia right here, Mike? Bring up yeah, the Detective Chimp. Yeah, he would. Be, I he would bust be. it out. The encyclopedia right here. 
He would be. Um, dude, so, no, going back to Pierce Brosnan, though, I, I love that part. He throws the lime at him, and he's like, oh, so I saw it. An angry member of the kitchen staff. Did you not tip them? But, like, those are the kinds of scenes, like, I don't, like, you don't hear it when you're a kid, but then you hear it now, and he goes, it's a run, it was a run by fruiting, you know? I was like, oh, my God, like, you hear it now, and it's just, I'm busting ass, bro. Yes, to all the listeners, what you just said did happen. Mike can, I swear, memorize any line from any movie, and he will, <laughs> I swear, say it exactly how the person says it with English accent. Yeah, no, it was hella funny. <laughs> and then he goes, and then the guy's, uh, and he sits down, and he goes, loser. <laughs> and then the guy looks at him, and in his man voice, the hell are you looking at? But he's dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh my god, one of the one of my favorite all time movies. R.I.P. Robin Williams. But um, uh, but that's pretty much it for like the quick hitters. Now let's move on to the big pieces of news. Uh, Sean Falcon Winter Soldier. You can tell they spent the money. They spent millions of dollars on all this show, effects, like the opening yeah. scene and everything. But so it went from like you know all this. You know, the action, action, action. And then, of course, Winter Soldier's nightmare of action, action, action. But then it comes back to like the shrimp boat. You know, you're on Forrest Gump, you get the shrimp boat and he's trying to save it. Him and his sisters and their families, their shrimp boat, um, their shrimping business and everything. And then, of course, Winter Soldier, he's in in therapy. So how did you like uh, the first episode of Falcon Winter Soldier? You know what? It's funny because I think of WandaVision and kind of the slow start. And then I think of Falcon Winter Soldier and it was kind of the opposite. It got right into depth of like both mm-hmm. characters. You exactly got to see Falcon and his sister trying to save the boat, going to, you know, trying to get alone, all these different aspects of that, their relationship. Then you see Winter Soldier and you see, you know, when he's actually, you know, the Winter Soldier, he kills this, you know, this guy. And at the end, it goes full circle. Crazy. And the end of the episode, I, feeling- I lost I lost my mind, bro. I was just like straight up freaking just mind blown. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. You know, I should be a writer for these shows because I look over at Danielle and I'm like, why is he taking this guy to lunch? Like, why? Like, why? I was like, dude, I was like, dude, what if he killed? Like, what if that was his like son or whatever? Because he says, oh, my son was killed. I never knew what happened. I was like, dude, there it is. I should be writing for these goddamn things. I'm not trying to, you know, pat myself on the back, but come on now. Like, that, that was, that was. But it was also a start to a good story, you know? And that's what it is, bro. I think that, you know, again, you know, freaking Disney, Marvel, they just do such a great job to show kind of like more than just a character, more than just a Falcon, more than just a Winter Soldier. And you just see even like Winter Soldier in therapy. And you just see like kind of just not their evolution into the character they are yet. I mean, who knows what the future episodes are going to hold. But just showing more of them outside of being really just the heroes that they are man i love that aspect of it because it isn't just non-stop mm-hmm. you know falcon kicking george st pierre's ass on a helicopter or anything <laughs> oh like yeah <laughs> gsp's back but uh but isn't it cool because like when you when they talk about his nightmare and he goes to therapy and everything it's kind of dealing with his grief his ptsd and like that's what that's like wandavision did so you have a lot of these these similar themes where you have action action but then you have you know them dealing with themselves being human you know you have um, Sam Wilson, uh, Sam Wilson, right? This is his last name. I think it is Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Wilson, him and his sister go to the bank. They try to get a loan and he goes like, I'm sorry, you don't have any income for the last five years. Cause they were blipped, you know? And it's like, they have to deal with that. And so their, their business might go under and everything they're dealing with real life stuff. 
And at the same time, you you have to deal with this like cult, this flag smasher cult who like it, it felt to me like it was one of those things, those flash mobs where everyone gets together and they dance at the same time. Like everyone got the ping and then everyone just started running a different way. And it was some. Yeah. So some terrorist group is wreaking havoc. That guy gets his face smashed in. Just bro, oh, man. Yeah. Smashed. I do yeah. got to say my one quick thing before we uh, get to the next exciting topic. Bro, I'm not going to lie. I was on Twitter the day before I watched the episode. I can't remember the day I watched it. But I seen, you know, the Captain America. That, oh, we still need a Captain America. Oh, U.S. agent. Okay, bro. I'm not going to front, dude. When I seen the picture on Twitter, I didn't actually read into it. And I seen, like, <laughs> something that said Falcon Winter Soldier. Like, who the hell is this flea market Captain America? Like, the hell is this right here? Do, like, Do you know who that is, though? You know his last name is? Don't even say it. What is it? The actor's last name is Russell. It's Kurt Russell's son who plays U.S. agent. And I didn't know until, of course, because, you know, of course, me being not a classic Marvel book reader. Yeah, I have to look it up after. And apparently that he's an actual like Marvel character. His name's like U.S. agent or whatever. So I don't know if if he's like a a wannabe Captain America or just like a stand in kind of guy. But, yeah, he looked like a freaking dweeb for sure. Just that dweeby smile, (laughs) watered down cost. It's not doing it for me right now, but it kind of had a good laugh at the end. So I'm excited for the next episode. Yeah, for sure. It's it's doing it so far, bro. Yeah. So we are proud to bring you for the next, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, um, a conversation where Mark can actually jump in with us as far as watching something. Well, the uh, the conversation I want to jump in with you is Detective Chip. Detective Chipmunk, for all you fans out there, Detective Chip or whatever, Chipmunk, yeah, Detective Chip is not in the damn encyclopedia, but... Boo. Yeah, boo, boo. But since we are on uh, March Madness... And since our little team down there from the central uh, southern coast of California, the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos, there is El Gaucho. Vital stats. Let me read them to you. Santiago Santiago Vargas, occupation hero, wealthy socialite, height 6 feet 1 inches, weight 215 pounds from Buenos Aires, Argentina. His allies are Batman. Batman Incorporated, the Club of Heroes. His foes are the Club of Villains, Leviathan, Dr. Hunt, Scorpiana, and El Sombrero. Powers and abilities, highly trained, hand-to-hand combat, usually drives motorcycle during missions, intelligent, and extremely wealthy. Ladies and gentlemen, comic booky fans, this is El Gaucho. So uh, is, is that, that like a new segment now or something? We're gonna go it could go, be. You know, we should have a segment of like, a, a comic book character you didn't you you, you thought you knew but you didn't know or whatever and here it is. Like El Gaucho. I love it, Mark. So, you just created something, brother. Hey, so here, so here's I'm a Detective creator Chimp. of content, baby. That's what I'm about. So here's Detective Chimp. Is a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics. A common chimpanzee who wears a deerstalker hat, which is um, the Sherlock Holmes hat. Uh, Detective Chimp has human-level intelligence and solves crimes, often with the help of the Bureau of Amplified Animals, a group of intelligent animals that also includes Rex the Wonder Dog. He was originally created in the final years of the Golden Age of comic books during the uh, interregnum, sorry, uh, between the former and the Silver Age of comic books. His initial appearance in Adventures of Rex the Wonder Dog, he continued to appear in that title as a backup feature until 1959, at which point he faded into obscurity. So, uh, but he's kind of dope. He looks kind of dope. Yeah. 
He had a brief cameo with Simon Simeon in Gorilla City during 1985's Crisis on Infinite Earths. Following these appearances, Bobo started appearing in DC titles with some regularity, appearing in issues of Green Lantern, The Flash, and other titles. This eventually led to a prominent roles in the 2005 Day of Vengeance miniseries and subsequently as a regular in its spin-off series Shadow Pact. The character has gone on to guest star in other DC comic titles, which the Justice League Dark, which I read a few years ago. How so, is yeah. he how is he not in the damn encyclopedia then? Damn. I don't know. That's kind of strange. Yeah, for him being like his first appearance like 1952 and everything too. So yeah. Right. Um so there's Detective Chimps, Chimp. There is El Gaucho, so Mark I'm gonna monk. <laughs> you lead into it, bro. I botched that the one. Snyder huh? cut, bro. Let's do it. Snyder, Snyder cut. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was a slow burn. We uh, gotta get. We gotta give it a better one than that. And ladies and gentlemen, the time yeah. has come. <laughs> the time it's has a come. comic book. Yeah. Mark is actually gonna jump on with us to talk about something that we watched over the, the weekend. The, the, the Snyder cut. Yeah. So it was awesome. It was awesome, and I hope. And I. It's not going to happen probably. But Alex at Treasure Island is going to start a movement for them to keep going with the Snyder, uh, the Snyderverse, and to continue the story. But I thought is that his movement. Yeah, if you see on on Instagram and stuff, he's starting this movement. Like we're all like we're all going to watch it again, like tomorrow or or like this weekend simultaneously, and we're all right, going to tweet serpent. like the same hashtag simultaneously. Blah, blah blah. He's trying to start like this movement to get to for him to get money to continue the story and to finish those two other movies he wanted to. But bro, the first two hours, it was kind of a slow burn. It was something that I was like, okay, this is similar to like the first justice league and everything. Like we saw the slow motion scene with the flash and everything. We saw more of the character development with, um, with cyborg, but dude, everything about Steppenwolf was, was way better. The whole battle on Themyscira where he just totally took out the whole like temple that they were holding the mother box in was badass as hell. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to say my whole, like throughout the whole movie, I'm gonna let you guys cut in, but yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, let's get into it. I think, uh, they filled in all of the gaps of the first movie. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I really, really enjoyed, bro. I am so spoiled working from home because I'm not going to lie, bro. Once I got online and I got through my eight o'clock meeting, it was time to watch the movie. So I watched it. And I think to what obviously Alex feels, our sponsor at Treasure Island Comic, what Mike feels, and I'm sure what Mark feels, it was just a damn good movie. I can't really justify too many movies being four hours, but with this movie, you didn't really feel in many aspects it was four hours because it was really good. Similar to what Mike said in the beginning, it was a little bit of a slow burner, but there was so much good character development in that, especially with Cyborg. I thoroughly enjoyed how Cyborg was included in that movie and just the action scenes, man. I think there is just so much development with obviously Dark Side and what they could do in the future. The dream at the end of the movie where we've seen a Joker. Uh, we also seen Lex Luthor on a boat with Deathstroke. So there's just so many possibilities of what can happen going forward. So I think similar to what we've all said, it's like, you got to get this movement going and continue these movies. And I, you know, let's make it clear. This isn't to compete with Marvel. This is just, this is their own thing. They're going to do it how they're going to do it. And I mean, as fans, just ride the high, man. Because it was, it was freaking awesome. It was hella good. But- uh- you know, just, just just a quick mention on the Marvel because we're you know we're on DC now. But quick mention to Marvel. You know, you had 2017 was Justice League and Infinity War and Endgame were more of a DC film as far as the darkness and like the the drama of it and not like a 
like, hey, you know, like kind of like what Marvel was the other previous yeah. 18 or 19 video uh, mo- movies. It was definitely darker and it was more like a Justice League, in my opinion. 100% agree with you, bro. That definitely hits it on the head. I mean, just between the action. I mean, I even heard freaking Batman say fuck in the dream. <laughs> I mean, sorry, I don't know if I should say that. But you know what I'm saying? Right? Like, you just you felt it in the movie. So, no, nah, man, it was it was a good one. And I'm very happy for the next segment that Marcus to talk about it because he did watch it with us. Which segment are you alluding to, Mr. Sean Powers? Well, you you being able you to mean, chime in on this one, brother, because usually, you know, when it comes to streaming, it's Mike and I, but we have a Marcus on it. The, also. C- the CGI? Or you want to hit? Want me to talk about the CGI? You want me to talk? I mean, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know. I think that if I was to buy stock right now on the DC Extended Universe, if you will, I definitely would. I think that. They've lagged. They've been the laggard in the, in the space, <laughs> if you want to talk about the market and whatnot. But, hey, nonetheless, I think that they might have learned a little bit from letting Marvel kind of pioneer this whole universe type uh, ordeal with the comic book uh, characters and whatnot. So I think uh, Time Warner, uh, HBO, whoever the hell, everybody that's producing these damn shows and movies and um, cuts – I think that they've learned a lot. I think that I'm excited for where it's going to go. I'm excited for the Flash movie, Sean. I really am. I think that they left out exactly what they needed to leave out. We obviously got a little bit of the cyborg backstory, Mr. Uh, Stone and his dad. I, I mean, dude, I mean, you know what? Now that I think about it, they did do a pretty good job on that character, you know, and, and, and I think Mike mentioned it, but I think that's why, like, I think. The actor that played his dad, he the actor that played him, pretty good, right? I, I really enjoy the dad working at the lab. And, you know, this goes back, even though I have the encyclopedia here, it just goes back to Cyborg's just not much of a character that I gave, gave a damn about. Really didn't. And, dude, like, I'm kind of excited about him, you know? It's just, I didn't think you had to use, I mean, I didn't know that you had to use so much CGI for his character. I actually had no idea before the movie that Cyber- super badass he's pretty much damn a machine i didn't realize that but mm-hmm. you you gave you gave a lot of cyborg's backstory in especially with his dad finding the box or whatever and melting it to make what you know make him superman not superman but super cyborg because of obviously he got in that accident with uh might be spoiling it here sorry uh fans uh but nonetheless uh yeah if you guys haven't watched it yet <laughs> you're bad because uh yeah i mean i i think i like that backstory so we're obviously not going to get an origin story on cyborg but we are going to get one on barry allen as much as you don't want to hear it mikey we are look yeah. at him i mean yeah there needs to be because specifically like i, I agree with you what we were talking about uh yesterday I feel that people should know who Barry Allen is because he's been such a prominent character in the DC universe. But yeah, but but you're correct in saying that we need a little bit of a backstory on Barry Allen, the Flash, if we're going to tell a Flashpoint story. Because what he does is he pretty much creates the multiverse. He pretty much goes back in time just to save one person, his mother, and like, you know, fans who are going to be there watching the movie, they, they need to know why. You know, they need to know why. Oh, his mom's dead. Oh, well, you know what I'm saying? So they need to get that kind of a backstory. But uh, what was it, like 10 minutes was in slow motion <laughs> of the movie? It was at least 10 minutes. I've seen that uh, tweet on it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, 
just not a disappointment because I can't really like nitpick if I'm nitpicking. I wanted more Joker. I wanted more Martian Manhunter. I wanted more Deathstroke. I wanted more um, Green Lantern. Like, I didn't get anything. Green Lantern, like, he shot the construct out of his ring, and then you didn't even see what the construct was. I've seen that. <laughs> like, it could have been, like, a hammer. It could have been, like, you know, two hands clapping on, you know, on a parademon or whatever. And the only other scene after that was when Bruce was having his first nightmare and then you saw all the people just laying there dead. One of them was Kilowog, one of the most prominent uh, Green Lanterns, if you're familiar with the Green Lantern Corps. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish those side characters, they were like, oh my God, we're finally getting this. I wish there was more of it, you know? So that's one big, big reason why I think that they should continue this uh, saga. I think they need to continue putting Wonder Woman in these damn movies. That's for damn sure. She's badass, man. Good, Dude, good the, gal, gal, what's like her that name? beginning gal, scene? Go, yeah, gal Gadot. Gal Gago. Guys, how, like, how badass go, go, is it? Go, 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 get Gal Gago. Sean, what were you going to ask? I was going to ask you, I mean, especially, you know, how much you know DC. Would you almost say that the Flash movie kind of being the next confirmed movie coming out after Justice League? Correct me real quick if I'm wrong. That's what it is, right, Flash? I think so. I think so. I think we, that in the, and that's next year. Would you say that's almost the most important movie to a degree? Because, you know, we had the Wonder Woman, the first one. Awesome. We had uh, the Batman, Superman. We had the first Justice League. We, we can kind of throw that out the window. We had Aquaman. We had Wonder Woman 84. All those movies, mixed feelings. But for the most part, they were cool movies. And you had the high of Justice League. And now is it kind of like, damn, like the standards set kind of high. Like, shit, I mean, <laughs> whatever is yeah, going to be pressures- the next movie after yeah, the the pressure's on Andy Muschietti. Uh, the he made uh, it. He's the one who's doing uh, the the Flash movie right now. There's pressure's all on him and that team over there. And I hope that they do well because if they do that well, they may start to think about Ray Fisher and Roll his uh, and, and and another cyborg. Remember that was always in the works, and then they put the kibosh on that. Uh, we're getting an Aquaman two. We're gonna eventually get a Wonder Woman three. So yeah, I mean, we're getting the Green Lantern TV show. We're getting all that. That's uh, the HBO Max. Gotham PD TV show. And then of course the Batman, I think I believe next year. So yeah, I mean, we're getting a lot of stuff still. And what you just said, my very last thing. And again, I guess a little directed towards you. Cause you do know this a little bit better. Do you see any, I don't even say issues, but like, so say like, damn, you know, the freaking, the movement goes and it's like, dude, we got to take advantage of this. And obviously Ben is our Batman and you know, the justice league, but then we have the Batman coming out next year, whenever it comes out, do you see it weird or any issues or anything conflicting with say they do make another justice league, which comes out in two years, but then you have twilight Robert Pattinson's Batman come out next year. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have two stories simultaneously going at the same time. I mean, for I mean, for us, it's like having detective comics, content, and Batman. bro, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like two different Batmans. Like I wouldn't like for me, I wouldn't care. I would I wouldn't want Robert Pattinson in the in like the Snyderverse thing. Like I, I would want Ben Affleck. He, he's fine. Hey, and, and that last scene with Martian Manhunter when he comes to his house, dude, Ben Affleck definitely reshot that scene because he looked hella skinnier. In oh, that scene. Yeah. Like if you guys didn't notice that oh, he looked yeah. more lean and everything, he wasn't like as buff and like as big. If you, yeah, so I'm I'm glad one of us uh besides myself noticed that. No, I but, did. But I mean he too, had like the button up shirt at that point, right? Yeah. yeah. He I had just woken that. up from that second nightmare and Marsh like, and John Jones up. is coming in. Yeah. See, but that's the thing. I'm like, it was so many. That's the thing. That's why I told you, like, I really enjoyed probably Man of Steel. I just think that it was so many characters to take in in this one. I know it was four hours to intro 
not introduce, but kind of like run it all down. But man, it's just, it was a lot to intake for even someone yeah. like me who does a weekly podcast on this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. someone like you that's uh, even got, you know, that even got detective chimp that's not even in the damn encyclopedia <laughs> knowledge you know i don't know <laughs> there's no competing with that but man uh yeah, yeah the snyder cut man uh excited for what dc is gonna bring i really am i think like i said earlier they've learned they've watched and observed what uh mcu did right what mcu did mm-hmm. wrong and uh i think that us being dc fans here if you know kind of more biased towards them i'm really excited to see what's going to happen because i know it's going to be good man i mean and you have uh doom patrol season three being made you have season three of titans wrapping up that's all the hbo max stuff you have sean i didn't even uh realize this but black adam of course i didn't i've Failed to mention that. And then Shazam 2, which we just saw that Helen Mirren is going to be the villain in yep. the next Shazam movie. So, I mean, we have a lot of things on the table come between now and like, what, 2024 or something like that. So Shazam. Mm-hmm. I mean, how excited are you for Shazam? Well, I think that- technically I'm kind of excited for Shazam because I believe that the it's like Shazam and the something isn't like the, the seven different worlds, whatever. I think it, it sounds like it could be based off of the story that we were reading, Mark. The Jeff Johns. Yeah. All oh. the different lands. Yeah, well, then I'll, think, I'll have I'll know a little bit. I'll have a little bit of knowledge on it then to share. Exactly. Like I, if you give me three seconds, I will uh, look up what the actual title of the movie is. I forgot what it was. One. To no, but let, like, mm-hmm. keep looking it up, Mike. I'll give the fans. Yeah, yeah. I'll give the fans a little story on it. Yeah, you had the seven magic lands, the Wonderlands. You had the, you had the. Um, I forgot what the other land was, but it was it's that. The, one. Uh, it, it's the Fury of the Gods. So I'm not sure if that's going to be it, but I thought that I saw something was on Mr. it. Mr. Mind going to be on it because Mr. Mind. He Mr. Mind was in the. He was in the cutscene. He's in Shazam also, so he's going to be kind of a part of this going forward. I'm telling you, that's for sure. So as much as I I think Shazam was okay, I think that you need to incorporate him into one of these bigger movies, if you will, motion pictures to kind of... It was the introduction. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, I just... Origin story, right? Basically, Cyborg, his origin story was brought into your Snyder Cut Justice League. We don't have that origin story yet from Barry Allen, but we're going to get it coming up here soon. To the Flashpoint story, yeah. So, I mean, so what we're other- technically we're technically getting all of the origin stories. You had Man of Steel strategically. You had, you had Batman versus Superman. Sort of Batman, but I mean, it, come on, you can't argue with me on this one. If you don't know Batman's origin story, I don't care who you are. You don't have to watch any kind of. It, it's been common knowledge since the late twenties. Uh, you know, like what happens to Bruce right? Wayne in Crime Alley. You know, what I'm saying, and wh- why no, he put but on you're the wrong, cape but you, every are, night. but you are wrong. That's what I'm saying. You are wrong. Let me tell you why. Because my wife, okay, I love you, my wife, but <laughs> someone who doesn't know shit about whatever she has no damn idea what batman or where his his origin from she doesn't know okay she wasn't bought up with it see that's my wife though right just by by the movie by the movie okay by how badass directoring and the producing and whatnot in that typical scene was of the parents getting shot that's some deep stuff right there right 
So just by her asking me, what is this? And I tell her, oh, that's the that's Batman. That's how the story goes, right? His parents died. He became this little rich boy. And bam, a new person knows about the story. Why? Because the movie, though. But that's that's, yeah. that's why I was just trying to like prove my point. It's like as much as we know, but there's still a lot of people that they – I mean – there's there's still a lot of people that don't know Batman and the Pearls and the Crime Alley. There's still a lot of people in this country and around the globe that don't know Batman's like story. You know, like yeah. When you when you watch that movie though, you know, you know. So yeah, true. Don't get me wrong, Batman. Yes, Batman is uh probably way less than fifty percent as we were arguing. Hey, I give you fit over fifty percent of Superman, and you know he an alien. Oh, Come on I now, know, right? <laughs> that you better know. Like who's like, oh Superman, is that is that like a human or something? Like what? Come on now. Yeah, I got you, man. But yeah, it, it's just crazy how much like the actual motion picture can actually bring these characters to life, bro. Yeah. Like, uh, I believe that thoroughly, you know. I really um, I really do. Our boy Gungeon, he wants to uh, applaud you, Mark. He says, excellent point on people becoming born to a story universe at different points in life and how. So it's like your wife, who's in her early 30s, she is born to the Batman and his story in Batman vs. Superman, which me, I'm born to it when I was a couple years old, you know, when I'm five years old watching Batman 89. And then, of course, when we watched Batman the Animated Series. Exactly, you know, like that was that 1992, like Batman Returns. So when that scary ass penguin. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) Devito, that's had me scared as hell, Sean. That shit had us scared as hell when we were kids. Biting his nose when he bit that guy's nose, I was like, oh Oh my god. It is really interesting, I think, to what Mike just said. Also, you see these different stories are trying to, really trying to give you the same origin but it's portrayed differently so you know you see the dark knight and all these movies and the way it was a christian bale but exactly you can throw it back to freaking all these old school batmans and the way it was portrayed back then so it's definitely interesting just like you know your entry point basically into uh, mm-hmm. the stories of all these characters it's funny it's funny how batman's parents and batman versus superman are negan and maggie and like literally in Walking Dead, Negan kills Maggie's husband by bashing his brains in with this spiked baseball bat. That's um, not right. <laughs> that's yeah. mean. That's not cool, man. That's not cool. Oh, you should have seen that scene. It was so freaking gruesome. It was nasty. Um, but actually, I've watched the first episode of this new season of Walking Dead, or actually it's a continuation, I believe, of season 10. But Maggie is back on the show. She walks, nice. past, she walks past Negan, and he's like, Maggie... And she just gives him the death stare as she walks by, says nothing. And then all of a sudden, before it goes to the cut scene of like the opening credits of the show, Negan's like, uh, shit. That's all he says. He's like, oh, he's in for it. You know what I'm saying? So, so you're running strong still on that, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 like you Seth Everett. It. I'm like Seth Everett. I'm a completist. I'm going to complete Legends of Tomorrow if there's a new season. I'm going to complete this last season of uh, uh, Black Lightning. I'm going to complete this last season of Supergirl. And I'm. I I don't know if I want to dump Batwoman. That's one of the ones I may dump after this season. It's just it's not really my thing. And then Ruby Rose had me on it for a second, and then she drops out. It kind of just killed the vibe. Why? But, but 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 going back to Spider, uh, go back to Snyder verse. Um, Spider verse. I know, right? Sp- Spider Sp- cut. Eight, Spider eight, cut. In, but into the Spider verse number two. Can't wait for that to come out. Also, no, yeah. Uh, number two, but anyways, uh, the, the Snyder the, cut. Go back to Snyder cut. Um, I mean, the, just to see, uh, yeah. Uh, 
again, going back to what I felt like I didn't get enough of. I didn't get enough of Apocalypse. I didn't get enough of Granny Goodness, Desaad, um, you know, Darkseid, who's one of my top, like, three favorite villains in all comics, and I got, like, just a little taste, you know? Like, I pretty much saw half of what he was in the movie I saw in some of the trailers and stuff, so, ugh. I wanted to see definitely an epic battle with uh, Darkseid again and the obviously Justice League. I was like, especially when like, that portal was open right before you, they closed it and you pretty much never seen him after that. I was like, can, we, can, can it be something? Give me something. And, you know, it definitely is just a little bit of the appetizer. We didn't get the main course with him. Yeah, I mean, I think with how the movies were supposed to go is how they were um, maybe supposed to fight on, on Apocalypse and get their asses kicked. And then number three was the battle for everything back on Earth. But I didn't I did not know this, but the vision of the uh, the nightmare at the end was like, you know how it showed Superman holding a, a dead body, like a burnt singe body. Remember mm-hmm. that? And then and then Darkseid puts his hand on, on Superman's shoulder. That was Lois Lane, right? The whole the whole thing was supposed to be that their kid was supposed to be Batman. Like yes. Batman was supposed to like sacrifice himself and die. And then Superman and Lois's son was gonna then be Batman. The new Batman but that's not Superman's son. Lois and Bruce have an affair, and that is Bruce Wayne's son. So it's probably, your baby daddy. That's probably one of the reasons, you know, one of the reasons why that he's hunting them, you know, in the in the nightmare. <laughs> See, why his eyes look like Bruce's? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yes, Gungeon Spider Verse Two is coming. It's in development yes, right sir. now. Can't wait for that one because that's all. Because that's arguably, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes had like a list of like the top one hundred uh, uh, comic book uh, genre films. Into the Spider Verse, Spider Man was number one. Of all time, of any comic book of movie, all time. didn't all it time. win? Didn't it win like awards, Oscars yeah. or something? Yeah, an yeah. Oscar, I think. I mean, for animation and stuff, like it's usually always D- Disney and Pixar and stuff winning it, yeah. or one of those foreign French films. But yeah, but Into the Spider Verse definitely did win. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. Everyone, go watch uh, the Snyder Cut. Go watch Falcon Winter Soldier. But that is it for episode one hundred and five. Thank you so much. We got uh, a lot of you know, interaction with the fans on YouTube and Twitch today. Thank That's you what so it's much. about, baby. Um, but yeah, so go ahead and follow us. Um, actually, no, that's not my job yet. You guys are supposed to take it away. So end 105, fellas. Uh, you know what? Beautiful episode of my brothers, Mark, Mike, episode 105, to Gungeon, Matt, Aaron, to everyone that did tune in, rather it was YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate you guys. This is definitely a weekly thing with the guys. We obviously have a couple new episodes out with Batcave Minutes. We're going to have some After Hours with Mark. After Dark with Mark, sorry. And then uh, the Powers Hour. We're going to have an episode of that coming out soon. So yeah, definitely just keep checking us out on our social media streams. Uh, like, subscribe. It's all free and it definitely supports us. And in return, we just try to give you the content that we do week in and week out. Enjoy some March Madness on Saturday. Uh, if you haven't watched these movies and shows that we have talked about, definitely check them out. And I think most importantly, if you're not into comic books, take your ass to Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. If you want to talk to a super cool guy in Alex and just get a book, man. Find a character that you like, whether it's Superman, you know, Batman, Spider-Man, all these different characters. Or you can even go to one of these different publishers on some real life shit. Definitely or, check detecti- out the- or Detective Chimp. Or the detective, <laughs> the detective chimp. There you go. Uh, and like always, man, definitely check us out. As I mentioned earlier, you know the social media pages. Mike's going to give you the breakdown of all the contacts. We appreciate you guys. 
keep chiming in, giving us suggestions, constructive criticism, and just keep supporting us, man. We appreciate it, guys. At the comic bookies at gmail.com, at the comic bookies on Instagram and on Twitter, also on Facebook. Join us for all comic bookie talk, entertainment, sports. We always collide the world of sports and comics weekly, every week, bringing it to you guys. And we're bringing it to even more places all over the world. Thank you to platforms as a, such as Twitch, YouTube, that lets us uh, spread our wings and fly. But thank you, guys. Sean, you mentioned earlier for all the people that got to join tonight, ask us questions. That's exactly what we're going live for. You know, we're still new to this thing. We're still ironing out kinks every week. But nonetheless, if you're still listening to this podcast, I suggest that you join us every weeknight, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Pacific, brought to you by Treasure Island Comics on Fremont, California. This is the Comic Bookies podcast live. Thank you, guys. Brasi, Irmão. I'm so excited. These books this week, like I said, pick them up. Infinite Frontier is kicking off. This is the new era of DC for all you DC aficionados out there. Marvel's releasing some new stuff, as they have been, but we got Carnage. And like I said, man, just uh, thank you. Subscribe. Give us a one star if you want. We actually like five, but uh, <laughs> we are that fruitful here, like Mike mentioned earlier. So thank you, TCB fans. Let's go. 105. Uh, make that money with the orange in Syracuse, number 11, facing Houston, Saturday, March 27th. A little bet for your uh, little uh, comic booking needs. Thank you, fans. And let's go, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I uh, want to go ahead and bring up there's no new countries on the Comic Boogie Passport this week to stamp. So sorry about that. Although we are in, uh, I believe, five out of the seven continents, we just need to hit Antarctica and Australia for some reason. I, I can't It's the whole country is a continent. I want to get one download in Australia. So please, if you know anybody in, in Australia, <laughs> hit them up. Tell them to download. Come, come on, man. Land down under. Come on, man. Exactly. Some little men at work. Hell yeah, Mark. Um, so anyways, I'm proud to announce, though, that just this past week, early this week, we were approved on iHeartRadio and Radio.com mobile app. So if you get your podcasts on those oh, services, dude, really it's just two more places for you to download yeah. us and just, you know, intake just all anyway. the intake so thank you so much for downloading subscribing listening rating reviewing keep doing that keep watching us live and just you know we, we love what we're doing and we're doing it for you uh it's been great so far happy two years to us as of two days ago but yeah this is this is mike that's mark and that's sean this has been the comic Boogies podcast live episode 105 thank you so much for tuning in enjoy the sports enjoy the comics and enjoy each other peace out have a great weekend barbecue something damn it Peace. And always enjoy each other. Like I mentioned the beginning of the podcast, and like I'm going to mention now, I want to end it with a moment of silence as we hit this outro for Boulder, Colorado, Atlanta, and anything else going on over the world due to gun violence, racism, and hatred. Love yourself, love your family, and uh, love each other. Let's go, man. TCB, I love you, brothers. Peace. Peace.